over you don't have like you just said you don't even have all the information so focus on the solution to the problem because problems are going to happen stuff's going to go wrong so focus on how do you make it right and move forward Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm Alan Draper. Today, I'm excited to chat with a gentleman who found a problem that a lot of men deal with, and he found a great solution. Those are the best business ideas. So I'd like to welcome Rob Kessler. Rob is the inventor of Million Dollar Caller, and he's co-founder of GoTylus. So welcome to the show, Rob. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, you know, I get this question a lot. Like, hey, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to start a business, but I don't know what to do. What would your advice be if they asked you that? I've always just followed my passions. You know, I've done real estate. I love cars. So I sold cars for a little while. You know, I wasn't really passionate about screen printing and, you know, that, but that actually turned into a really great business. I'm passionate about giving really great customer service and exceeding people's expectations, even on something as simple as ten or twelve dollar graphic T-shirt or something that they buy for you know branding or whatever. So, I mean, we started in the time I've had Million Dollar Collar. My wife and I started a yacht charter business in Los Angeles. We've grown that to three quarters of a million dollars in revenue. We're about to sell that, and but we're passionate about boating. We love it. So it's just crazy when you. When you're into it, it, it makes it so much easier, especially for those times when you're like, dude, what the hell am I doing with my life? It's like, I'm on this path and I know what I'm doing. I know what my, my reason is. Gotcha. I like that question because you know there's people that answer it in different ways. My first non-real estate business was a pest control company. I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. I love the industry. I'm not crazy about bugs. you know. <laughs> so when you got into kind of like menswear, right? The clothing industry. Was it something you were passionate about or was it you noticed a problem that was affecting you personally or was it kind of a combination of both? Not really overly passionate about clothing. I found a problem. So when I started my screen printing business, which was actually my clothing business, it was called Nude, stood for nothing else will do, N-E-W-D. And, you know, this is the time when Ed Hardy shirts are coming out and they're selling for $100 oh, yeah. graphic t-shirts. And I had a little bit of a screen printing background from the soccer and volleyball store I worked at. You know, we do jerseys and little logos and stuff. I mean, we subbed it out, but I understood the, the concept. And so I said, well, I've got a bunch of friends that are artists. I was dating a model at the time. And I was like, well, what if we did something with this brand name, Nude, Nude Clothing? Like, how cool is that? Let's like, have a lot of fun with it. And so I partnered with these artists. I said, you know, instead of making a $5,000 painting, why don't we take that same art, we'll throw it on like 50 t-shirts, do a limited run, and then you can promote yourself and then make a little bit of extra money while you're trying to sell that big piece. Well, the shirts turned out great. They were graphic. They were on you know, point for the time, but artists are terrible self-promoters. So they didn't sell any shirts and I had all this inventory. So I was paying a ton to get these shirts printed, which frustrated me because I'm the kind of guy that's like, I can do just about anything. I just, just show me how and I'll figure it out. 
And so I met a guy two weeks later, we bought all the screen printing equipment. He taught me how to screen print. And then I grew nude custom printing to about a million dollars before I sold that from a spare bedroom in my, in my house to my basement to a 6,000 square foot building and ended up selling it to one of my clients and he took, ran with it. So, you know, I, the timing just kind of all worked out. It was just weird. I was doing real estate. I was kind of looking for something else to do in my, in my spare time and just kind of happened. So, you know, it's interesting because it sounds like you've had various progressions with your businesses. How do you make those decisions early on about like whether to small things like do I get an office or do I start in an extra bedroom in my house? Like, do you create visions? Like, do you create like these ideas of where you want to take the company or is it more of a passive thing? I mean, I always think that there's, you know, everything's a million dollar idea and that Mm -hmm. I always want it to be something big. But I bootstrap everything. You know, I don't have a ton of cash. I just, you know, scrape and and scrounge and just try to make something happen. So, I mean, the the screen printing equipment was like twenty five hundred bucks, and we ended up splitting it. You know, also twelve hundred fifty bucks. So, you know, he knew how to do it. I split it. We started, you know, doing it. So, and then when it comes to the name of the company, you know, I never want to use my name because I always want it to be something bigger that I can sell off to somebody else. So, I never use my name in anything. And so I, I have the vision that I want it to be big, like million dollar collar, I think can be a pretty big exit, which is why it's been just this longer, you know, I'll be an overnight success in 10 years in the next, if I can yeah. do it in the next two years. So it'll get there, but you know, it's just a longer run for that one. So tell me a little bit about that, what you guys do, where you got the idea and how you executed on the idea and actually turned it into a company. So got married in Jamaica on the beach, toes in the sand. I've always been super casual. I hate wearing ties. So before I could even say I do, my brand new freshly pressed 1MX dress shirt was just terrible. It you know it was all crumbled. You could see my undershirt. I was adjusting it all day long. I just hated the way it looked on the biggest day of my life. So I came home from Jamaica. I cut open a shirt. I shoved a piece of cardboard down the front because I always thought that this was the problem. This is what makes you look sloppy. I mean, collar stays were invented in 1888. I, we didn't need to fix that. But everything on the market at that time was around the collar. So I came up with this. I took the next three years to patent and perfect the material. That was the hardest part because I'd wash it, dry it, iron it, you know, all those things, those were fine. But then I'd send it to the dry cleaner and it would totally melt whatever plastic I had or material I had would melt to the shirt. So it took me two years to figure out and develop the material that is million dollar collar because of the high heat that dry cleaners use. And it still has to be soft enough to be sewn through. It still has to be flexible and lightweight and rigid. And it's got all these crazy features and it just worked out. So that's what took the longest. And so we went out and started, we were going to make our own shirt. We were going to do a Kickstarter this was a time there was like a sweatshirt company that did like $12 million in the Kickstarter. I'm like, well, dude, if they can sell $12 Jeez. million for the sweatshirts, we can do a you know, $40,000 Kickstarter. We couldn't. We did about 20000 in sales. Hmm. But the unequivocal feedback was, why are you trying to compete with all the other brands? And why can't I upgrade the shirts I already own? And so I went back to the drawing board and said, well, instead of us making a whole shirt, and you're right, competing with the thousands of other dress shirts that are out there. I made the aftermarket piece that is sewn into any dress shirt. It looks insanely simple, super flexible, but it's rigid enough. It's just rigid enough to hold up the shirt so it never collapses, never folds. And it's sewn into any shirt you already own. It costs about 10 bucks to get sewn in. And then once it's in, it lasts the life of the shirt. So you're selling just the actual 
piece, you're not selling the shirts with it. So we've done the shirt, the pieces, the aftermarket kits for the last several years. Recently got uh, wholesale accounts with a couple brands. So I have Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, Kenneth Cole, Michael Kors, like really nice brands. So if you know those brands and you know those shirts that fit in your size, you can just order that with Million Dollar Collar already in. I've got a mail-in service where you can mail me five shirts and we'll install it in, fold them and send them back. And then in about a month, we're launching our own shirt finally, because we've been trying to license this for years, just going to these brands and saying, look, dude, this is differentiate yourself. 90% of shirts are worn without a tie 90% of the time. You have nothing to market to that. While we're doing this, these guys are coming out with stretch collars. Like who cares about a stretch collar for a tie? Nobody's wearing ties. And so we just said, fine, if you guys aren't going to take it, we're going to make our own shirt. So we launched, that's what Go Tieless is, is our own brand. And we're going to make our own shirt. We're basing it on one of the best-selling shirts in America. We've made some tweaks and additions and made it a little better. And it's going to be 40 bucks and it's going to knock your socks off. It's a great shirt. Wrinkle-free, stretch. We're starting with black, white, and light blue. Extra small, the 3XL, slim and standard. I mean, if you can't find a size that fits, you got a, a weird body. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> go get it, Taylor. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about your story is all the pivots that you've made over the years, it sounds like, where you have an idea, you test the waters, you find out what works, you find out what doesn't. That's something that a lot of early entrepreneurs really struggle with is sometimes they hold on too long to what they think should work as opposed to testing things, being open, being flexible, and having this mindset of evolving and just figuring things out because things change. What has allowed you to kind of embrace that? You sound like it's just a natural part of your personality where it's like, yeah, we, you know, we're doing in shirts and then we decided to do this and then we sh- shifted gears again. What is it that allows you to do that without, you know, this holding this death grip onto ideas that you previously had? I don't think that I'm that smart. So I don't think that I have all the answers. I know I don't have all the answers. And I've always been one to try to find the path of least resistance. And if I'm going out and saying, I'm going to make my own shirt. And people are saying, why are you making your own shirt? Then, okay, well, I, I thought that that was the way to go. Another huge thing, we spent probably 60 grand going to dry cleaning trade shows thinking that, look, if you care enough about the way you look and you dry clean your shirts and you spend three bucks a week on that shirt, why wouldn't you spend 10 bucks to get this put in? And this is a revenue bump for the dry cleaners. All the guys are already going there. You're already dropping the shirt off. Most of them have alterations. I thought this was going to take us to 100,000 units a month and 60 grand and dozens of trade shows later. And we, I mean, we're in 650 locations, which is nothing to squawk at, but it's not gotten to what I, I thought it was. And so it's like, we put in a ton of effort and it's like, well, fine. If you don't want to do it, then I'm not going to force you. So let's go find someone else. So when you have you know, a pivot, you have a different idea. You have a business, whether it's a marketing program or a product design or whatever it is about the whatever aspect it is about the business and you realize, Hey, we need to shift gears. We need to pivot here. Do you go into it with a mentality of, okay, I'm going to take one idea and I'm going to put all of my eggs in that basket. We're going to test it to the full extent possible and then determine whether it's viable or not. Or do you try kind of a few different techniques and not put all of your eggs in one basket? I get pretty hell bent on an idea. So I feel like if I get a vision that something could work better, then 
you know, let's go try it. I mean, you know, putting one toe in the water is not really going to get you the results quick enough. I mean, you, if you go half at it, you know, it might take you twice as long or three times as long to find out that that's not going to work. So, you know, I just, I mean, I was telling the story earlier, but when my company started as a brand, when Nude started as a brand, and then I started doing all the screen printing, I was like, well, I have the equipment. So I would tell friends like, Hey, I got this equipment. If you need anything, let me know. And that business picked up. And I was like, dad, I don't want to be a screen printer. And he said, look at your finances. You front out 25 grand in product and hope it sells or someone comes to you and places an order for a thousand bucks worth of product and you are paid three days later for that product. Like, don't be an idiot. Like the money's there. And so, you know, I, after fighting that decision, now I just let them come to me. You know, it's like, if it's going to work, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, I'll put in all the effort to try to make it work. But if it doesn't, it's just move on, find something else. I think your personality reflects a little bit about some internal beliefs you have about failure, right? Which a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. They feel like any mistake they make is going to be detrimental to their business. Like is the nail in the proverbial coffin. Am I getting that right? Am I getting that sense right? That you're like, hey, yeah, this is, I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm trying to improve my business by figuring out what doesn't work. If you aren't failing, you aren't trying. I mean, look, you can't do anything new in life and not fail. If you don't screw things up, you're in your comfort zone. And I've gotten so far outside of the comfort zone. I don't care. Tell me I failed. I don't care. At least I'm doing something. I mean, all the people, all these negative comments I get on Instagram, on our posts and stuff. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Have you done anything with your life? <laughs> you're sitting on a computer commenting on somebody else's product that you've never even tried. Like, what are we talking about? Like, thank you for helping the algorithm because you're engaging with my posts. Exactly. So people will see it. I appreciate that. But you're an idiot if you spend time commenting on somebody else's thing and you've done nothing with your life. Nobody above me is telling me that I'm an idiot doing dumb things. People above me that are way more successful than me are like, dude, this is the most brilliant idea I've ever seen. And so I listen to those guys. The guys that are below you that are trying to throw rocks, you don't listen to those guys. That's a really good point. I always say that if I'm not going to go to somebody for advice, then I'm not going to give a damn when they offer it freely, right? If I'm not going to go to this internet troll and ask them, Hey, I've got this money to invest. Where should I invest it? Or I've got this issue with my business. If I'm not going to go to that person, then why would I listen to them when they're hating on me? Right? Like, especially when it comes to making business decisions. And one thing a lot of people that aren't entrepreneurs don't understand is how much we put ourselves out personally when we start a business. Right. And I've noticed that with your brand, your image is all over. Right. And so it's not your name. Right. But you're still to some extent putting yourself out there. But you just have, I mean, it's, it's very impressive to be honest with you. This, you have this cavalier type in a good way type attitude towards failure and making mistakes. And I think that's impressive. There's not a lot of people that get that naturally. I think the common reaction is people, they don't evolve over time and they'll just kind of dig into their original ideas. And there was this quote, I don't know who is attributed to, I think Jeff Bezos or somebody, but the principle holds. And that is, if you have more than like 60% of the information about something, then you're too late. It seems like you follow that with your business where you're like, Hey, we're going to try this out and see if it works. And I do, I also like your strategy of Hey, if we're trying to move fast, we have to like both feet in. We're not just dipping our toes in the water. 
we have to figure this out. And the only way to do that is to throw a lot of resources at it. It seems like you have a high risk tolerance. I do. And I think what the big difference, you know, even listening to your analysis of me is I focus on the solution. You know, I think most people focus on the problem. Oh, I got in a car accident. Oh, I got a scratch in the car. The refrigerator died. Okay, fine. That happened. It's out of your control. It's done. It's over with. How do we move forward? Why spend an ounce of time thinking about something you cannot control? So my mom is going through some stuff right now. And she's like, I'm so anxious about this. And I'm like, you're making up a whole story in your head and you're freaking out about something you know nothing about. Like, why would you throw yourself into a tizzy like that? Over, you don't have, like you just said, you don't even have all the information. So focus on the solution to the problem because problems are going to happen. Stuff's going to go wrong. So focus on how do you make it right and move forward. You know, I like that mentality. And I've shared this analogy before, but there was a story once about this white water raft or like guide, right? And there was this certain spot on a river that the guide needed to avoid. And it was a new guide. And so he pointed out to like his crew, like, hey, see that area over there? We have to avoid that. If we don't, we'll flip over. It's not a big deal, but then we'll have to get back in the raft, all these things. And for whatever reason, they kept going right to that spot, right? Get flipped over time and time and time again. He goes to a more experienced guy and he's like, what do you do, man? I noticed that you always avoid this spot. And he's like, well, first of all, I don't point that out to them. I don't let them focus on that. I show them, you know, this big oak tree on the other side of the river or whatever, right? And that's our focus. Our focus is the oak tree on the opposite side. And I think that's a little bit about, that goes to what you're saying a little bit. Like, don't focus on the problem, focus on the solution. Because I agree 100%, you end up where you're focused. And if you're focused on the problem, then it's going to be really tough to get out of it versus having this positive mentality hey, let's just figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Might take some time, but let's do that. Did you go through any, like, I've heard of people, you know, going through gratitude practices or positivity, positive affirmation, whatever. Did you ever go through any of that? What has been your development in kind of, you know, coming up with this mentality of let's focus on the solution. Let's focus on the things that we can control and leave everything else behind. I mean, I got to go see Tony Robbins as a graduation gift and I love his books and I get a lot of inspiration out of that. My dad is a big seven habits of highly effective people oh, and yeah. in there. It says, you know, circle of influence, circle of concern. And so I don't know when I, if I consciously ever was trained to do that, I just, I can hit my head in the wall enough times and then eventually learn and just say, you know, what? I've gotten so much further ahead by just focusing on what the solution is than the problem. I mean, my wife, I love her to death, but she spends a lot of time on the problem. And it's just like, okay, well, it's wasted energy to me. And I only got so much energy in a day. So I'm going to put it into the things that I can control. And, and I don't have a lot of time for things I can't control. Awesome. I love that. So Rob, tell us where you're headed. Where's million dollar caller headed? Where's Go Tylus headed? You know, what's next kind of on the horizon for you? So I've got a goal of a thousand shirts and that may not seem like a lot, but when you change the duration between those thousand, so it's, we want to sell our first thousand shirts of go tieless in a year. And then I want to sell them in six months and I want to sell a thousand in a quarter. And then I want to sell a thousand in a month. I want to sell a thousand in a week and I want to sell a thousand in a day. And when all of a sudden you're doing a thousand shirts a day, I've got a $15 million, $20 million company. 
And now we've got something real and we can either take that and say, we can finally go to one of these major manufacturers and say, look, what are you knuckleheads doing? We built this brand out of nothing, out of this technology. Same old shirt, one technology difference. And we built this 10, $12 million company. And then we can get into these other brands or we can sell it to somebody. One of the other fun things that we've doing, I've combined my screen printing life and then that to our shirts where I can literally digitally print any logo onto fabric. So this is not sublimation. This is not screen printing. It's digitally printed in there and we can make shirts. So if you're looking to brand your company, it's a 50 shirt minimum. They're 60 bucks a piece. They're super high quality from Turkey. Like we've done jewelers. You can see the Sitco shirt. I've got samples made for Champion Porsche, the number one Porsche dealer in the world. So any kind of branding, any kind of thing you want to do, it's something totally different. Instead of that traditional, you know, left chest embroidery. So if you've got a hotel or a restaurant where you want to have that upscale look with our technology, million dollar collar inside and a little nice, subtle, classy branding on it, you know, we've got that. So that's a fun thing that we're doing on the custom side of GoTylus. Our branded shirts, when those come out, we'll just start moving more and more products. So, you know, just trying to get it out there as much as we can. Very cool. Where do you want to send somebody if they're interested in learning more about what you're doing personally with your businesses or with Million Dollar Caller, GoTylus? Where do you want them to go? Check you out. We sell the GoTylus shirts on Million Dollar Caller because that brand is so much more established. So everything, I mean, we've got GoTylus.com if you're interested in the custom, but MillionDollarCollar.com is the best website. We've got the Instagram Million Dollar Collar. I'm pretty active on that. You can see me ribbing these knuckleheads back that I try to give it back to them. I got to check that can. out. I got to yeah. see that. Some people at comments are like, oh, you're trying to be professional and you're so not professional in your comments. I'm like, dude, hey, you can't give it, you know, well, the way you give it. So yeah, do the Go Tylus and Million Dollar Collar and those are the best spots. Awesome. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us today, Rob. Wish you nothing but success in the future and just keep killing it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Talk soon. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.